Hey, Sweat Sisters, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, which highlights women who are balancing demanding careers with a healthy lifestyle and hurtling over personal and professional obstacles. I'm your host, Aisha DeVore Branch, and each week I have a sister to sister chat with an inspiring go getter. And listeners learn how good things come to those who sweat. If this is your first time listening, what up? You could be anywhere in the world and you're here with me and I really appreciate that. If you love what you hear, take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you get updates every time we drop a new episode. If you got half a second, leave a rating, which will help other sweat sisters in need of inspiration find our podcast. If you have a minute, please follow us across all social media platforms. We are at Pretty Girl Sweat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and YouTube. Use the hashtag Pretty Girl Sweat when sharing this episode. And if you have five minutes, please leave a review and let us know how we're doing. You're listening to episode 11 of the Pretty Girl Sweat Show. And it's ironically fitting that our guests today are the Glenn Twins. The models, actresses, authors, and TV hosts got their start in entertainment as models at age 16. Their extensive resume consists of cosmetic ads, hair ads, editorial spreads, catalogs, music videos, calendars, book covers, and roles in films, television, and commercials. From merchandising endeavors to writing their first book, the Glenn Twins regard their education very highly, and even after battling with fitting in in college, they both still obtained BBAs in accounting. By the end of this episode, you'll learn how their distinctively different personalities help them excel in business. You'll get the scoop on the app that keeps their fitness goals on track, and they're spilling the tea on their smooth skin secrets. Welcome. I have the Glenn twins here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Well, it's really a pleasure to have you two here because, you know, I've been scrolling through your images and reading through um, information about you online and you're just two interesting women. Um, even more interesting that you two are sisters and even more interesting than that you two are twins. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always fascinated by that and how... Two women who look alike, you know, may have some similar, you know, thinking patterns as well, but also are probably really different too in the same way. And I kind of want to explore that to see how you guys are the same, how you're different Mm -hmm. and how um, your lifestyle began when you were just little, little bitty (laughs) twins. Um, So let's start from the beginning. Please tell us about your upbringing. Okay. Well, our upbringing is interesting as well. We're army brats. So, um, we were born into a military family through our father's side. So we're the youngest of, uh, four girls. So we have two older sisters. They're not twins. People always ask that, but, um, no, we have two sisters. They tried for a boy and got two girls and then they quit there. (laughs) (laughs) See, wait, I would like to interject here. This is why I stopped because I have three daughters and my husband and I knew we tried one more time. Yeah. We're totally going to get another girl, but it's okay. Yeah. Girls, are, girls are awesome, so it's all good. They are. They are. So, no, we grew up in a large family, a fun family. We traveled a lot. We grew up overseas in Germany for a little while, and then we came to the States, and we grew up in mostly California, mm-hmm. and then Atlanta has been home predominantly, like, for the past, past 10 years. Right. So, um, other than that, we attended college at Savannah State University. We studied accounting. I think we kind of always knew we had a passion for the entertainment industry, but um, 
we value education. And that was also a house rule. Like you have to get your degree no matter what. So Mm -hmm. we did that and we were kind of juggling both careers. But since probably the 2000s, we've been acting full time, uh, modeling full time. And of course, as of late, we're now authors, which we're really excited about. And we also have um, another company that we're launching soon in the beauty industry. So I think that's us in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear more about that. Was that Deborah or Joyce? That was, that was Joyce. Joyce? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So um, going back to your childhood, let's talk a little bit more about your parents and maybe how they influenced you all to live healthy lifestyles or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Well, um, our parents both uh, grew up in uh, Mississippi in really small towns. Um, from an early age, uh, our dad joined the military and the army when he was 18. So, um, he's always had a really active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And even in terms of uh, discipline, he doesn't believe in spanking his daughters, but he would make us work out. He would, he would put us in boot camp and have us doing push ups and sit ups. <laughs> so, we really, uh, had an affection for working out from a, a very young age, going running with him. Um, our mom, not so much, you know, just being from Mississippi, she loves, she, well, she really can cook absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. She does great soul food and then traveling the world, she picks up all kinds of Mexican, Chinese dishes. But, you know, as we started trying to be healthier, we did, um, it did have some effect on her recipes and she would twerk things and use turkey instead of uh, pork or red meat. And so, um, yeah, I think our dad always had a big impact on us being healthy. And I think as we got older, we influenced our mom Mm -hmm. with, with the way she cooks. So, yeah. That's awesome. What was one of your most vivid childhood memories? (laughs) Okay. Well, this is Joyce. I guess I'll share mine. You can share yours if it's different. Um, I think growing up in Germany and starting school in Germany was, I don't know, just amazing to me. I feel like that traveling part of our lives always allowed us to welcome change. And then when I kind of saw how other people didn't take change so well, it made me really grateful that we were just used to moving every year or two years, whether it was domestic or abroad. I think that was really influential in us just enjoying the spontaneity of life. Right. Uh, This is Deborah. I would have to say, I agree. We noticed with a lot of um, army brats and military kids, it's one of two extremes. They absolutely love moving every two or three years or they hate it and they can't stand always being the new kid. But for us, it it made the world seem smaller. Um, It didn't, it allows you to not be small minded. It makes you um, feel small and some somehow more self-aware and um, yeah, welcome change, welcome getting to know new people, Um, never having an expectation that this is my norm and anything outside of it is wrong. So it really, um, you know, made us, uh, open-minded and a little bit fearless. So uh, yeah, we loved moving that often. Do you have any tips for students who have to move and they're terrified of moving? How can they fit in at school? I, well, this is Joyce. I would say um, being terrified is normal. Mm-hmm. Not knowing anyone is scary, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have a family that was as large as ours. But it's that, that cliche age old be yourself you know just you know really enjoy who you are everyone's unique and that will stand out and it may not always be popular you may not always have the most friends but at least you'll have real friends (laughs) 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 which will come in handy just really be true to you to who you are and um um, be confident yeah yeah and this is uh, Deborah. the the thing I would say is um 
it's important uh, to be involved in extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. Just um, find something that you like. And when you're around people who have the same interest and the, um, and enjoy doing the same activities, it's just so much easier to click and buy when you guys have that common interest. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'm here trying to distinguish between both of your voices. Um, <laughs> I have some nephews that are twins too, and I feel like I'm kind of like a master at this now. <laughs> but, um, but which personality traits do you two share? Uh, we share, we're both, um, our mom is a Capricorn. And if people know anything about them, they're very uh, structured, responsible, reliable, A-type. A-type. And then our dad is a soldier, drill sergeant, A-type. So we're both very A-type. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, we both, and then at the same time, we're both Pisces. So we have that, that dreamer quality. Uh, we're both very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, our sense of humor is the same. We both are very silly. We're really goofy, mm-hmm. um, a little, mm-hmm. a little cynical and dark at times. And we think things are funny that probably shouldn't be, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those are some of the similarities. Yeah. And then our opposites definitely complement one another. Like, okay. um, this is Joyce again. I'm, uh, definitely, I think I use the word responsible. She wouldn't agree, but I think that <laughs> <laughs> I like to, you know, work first, then play. I think Deborah is a, a little more lackadaisical. Um, <laughs> she's definitely nicer than me, and she she was known to be kind of like a pushover growing up, which is where I was like really dominant. And I don't know if we created those qualities in one another, but. Yeah, I guess I'm definitely a little, a little more regressive, aggressive and where she's very lax and relaxed. Well, how have those similarities and differences helped you both work together professionally? Um, they actually work pretty perfectly professionally. Mm-hmm. Like in our personal lives, we're still struggling mm-hmm. <laughs> so to find compromise, oh but professionally it, it works out great. Mm-hmm. Um I think that Joyce, uh, once again, she says she's more aggressive, so she has a tendency to want to move quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think my relaxed attitude, I, I, I believe in um, timing and everything being right. And when we put those two together, mm-hmm. you know, she makes sure I'm not dragging my feet and I make sure she's not jumping the gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in business, it balances out so well. And then um, she's very aggressive. Mm-hmm. and um, I, I, But I come in and make sure she's not offending anyone or vice versa. <laughs> she makes sure I'm not getting taken advantage of, mm-hmm. you know, so we kind of cover, cover each other's back. So it, it balances great in business. Yeah. Like I said, in our personal lives, we, we're work, it's a work in progress. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. Well, when you two were growing up, did you place any particular sports together or separately? Uh, yes, yeah, this, this is Deborah. We, um, what did we start doing? Uh, gymnastics from a young age. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, after that, so cheerleading was kind of like a natural progression from that. Um, competitive cheerleading. We ran track. We did play basketball for a, a little while. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else we did? I think that was it. I think that's it. We had we had a love for cheerleading and competitive cheerleading. The most. The yeah. most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did that up until college. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about your cheerleading coach and maybe something he or she did to um, influence you on and off the court. Or on and off at the court, because it's not really basketball, but, you know, <laughs> within the sport. Um, when we, when we, uh, this is Deborah. when we first started cheering, um, I'll, I'll start from high school, because that's when I got a little more serious. When it becomes competitive, I feel like it becomes more of a sport. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first coach we had, 
um, <laughs> you can learn a lot from, from people's right choices or their mistakes. And I think our first coach made a lot of mistakes that we learned from. She um, would uh, get on a lot of the girls for their weight. She would um, not, you know, like have favoritism as well. So I, I learned two things from her. First, when you're talking to women, especially young women, and um, along the lines of this topic is so important that if you want to motivate and inspire them to be healthy, you have to do it in a nurturing and positive way. Otherwise, people are just going to stop eating altogether. <laughs> so that so that was a mistake. And then the other thing is, um, you know, having having the favoritism. Whenever you're in a leadership position, it's always important in order to maintain your authority is to be fair and just. So she she made a lot of mistakes, and I learned <laughs> <laughs> kind of a, the kind of kind of woman I didn't want to be if I'm ever in a leadership position from our first coach. The second coach was a lot more relaxed. Yeah. She. Um, picked her captains. She knew who had a lot to contribute and she kind of let us do our thing. Probably because she was busy and spread then probably in her personal life <laughs> as a working mom, but, um, either way she wasn't abusive. So <laughs> okay, well, that's a plus. I'm like, that is definitely a plus. <laughs> no one likes to be abused. <laughs> no one at all. Okay. So then you both decided to go to Savannah state university. What sparked that decision? Oh, well, this is Joyce. It was easy. Uh, it was, it was free. Yeah. <laughs> free yeah. is great. Yeah, college, free. college is expensive and you've got to look for resources and, and, and scholarships. Our older sister was at Spelman and we wanted to start a legacy there, but we, we got the bill and mm-hmm. we just knew, you know, yeah, our older <laughs> sister was at Spelman. The, our middle sister was at Clark at the time, yeah. that private school tuition expense. Our parents were like, you guys are going to have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So right, with basically. Savannah state, they had an honors program mm-hmm. that really um, catered to freshmen coming in with a certain GPA. They mm-hmm. gave us amazing like living accommodations. Mm-hmm. They had our major um, Spelman didn't have accounting. They had mm-hmm. economics, but we wanted to do accounting. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an easy choice with, you know, taking advantage of the Hope Scholarship and then other academic scholarships. Mm-hmm. It was free. So we really didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as freshmen, when you two stepped on campus, you know, did all heads turn like, oh, my gosh, who are those girls? <laughs> it was interesting. This is Joyce, uh, because at the time uh, we were like these mega video vixens. Mm-hmm. There was like this quick era where video vixens were the hot things. And so unfortunately that was, that was our introduction. Mm. So people did, yeah, there, you know, were, there was a lot of eyes on us and people had preconceived notions. And sometimes it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. It was like extremely a, a difficult. Of, a lot of jealousy and, you know, making up the rumors, uh, you know, referring <laughs> to us as video hoes. And uh. we, we understood because we knew those women and a lot of the women in that industry were making choices that mm-hmm. warranted that title. We weren't, however, mm-hmm. we would just work and then we try to get an education. So we got a lot of backlash from the uh, mm-hmm. reputation surrounding that job mm-hmm. without having done anything wrong. So, no, it was a lot of jealousy. And um, mm-hmm. we were used to moving around a lot. And, and Savannah State was a small campus. Yeah. So um, I think that I was think, the biggest I think they part. Yeah, they didn't have much else to talk about. Right, right. <laughs> we were kind of like one of the most exciting things there. And unfortunately, you know, we suffered socially, but we had mm-hmm. each other and we had um, our roommate and a couple of other friends. So no, it wasn't the most pleasant experience. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, how, but how did you overcome it? Or what were some of the exact setbacks that you all had mm-hmm. on campus? Well, I'll start with the overcoming part because there are a lot of compliments that I could give to the faculty. Yeah. Okay. The the administrators, the professors were amazing. They 
allowed us to keep, well, to stay focused and to understand why you're there. Mm -hmm. The workload was rigorous and it was hard and nothing was more important than stepping up Mm -hmm. to the plate. And then even up to the president and the vice president, they were just um, very supportive of us. They knew that emotionally we were going through a lot, but they were, it was like a family in terms of the administration. Right. They were very, very, very encouraging. Yeah. And then uh, by the time we got to our junior year, like accounting is just so difficult. (laughs) We were taking 18 hours and you really didn't even have time to care about your social life. Mm -hmm. It was so swamped Mm -hmm. with work. So then it it seemed like it just flew by. It just flew by. (laughs) And we graduated, (laughs) we won. (laughs) See, that's all that matters. You got that degree. Okay. So did you two date while you were in college? And if so, how did that play an impact on your collegiate journey? Well, uh, this is Joyce. We did date. Um, I guess the term relationship girls, we've always had like that one relationship, I guess, just to kind of, you know, keep your numbers now down and not date too many guys. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of intentional and, um, guys have, you know, never been that much of an emphasis. We knew why we were in school and men are supportive of that. If you're focused, you know, I don't, and especially guys at that age, I don't think they really think about very many things in general. <laughs> They're just happy to be there. So they definitely weren't a, rich, um, a distraction. If anything, they were very supportive. Right. And then we extremely have a, supportive. This is Deborah. We have a tendency to um, end up dating friends. Yeah. If one of us is dating someone just because that other person is always around, then it kind of naturally happens that mm-hmm. way. Okay. So it just ends up being like a, a real fun, casual, supportive group. So, <laughs> so dating was always, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, you did mention that accounting, you know, obviously is a very rigorous, <laughs> um, you know, major, but what are some hacks that you used in college that you still use today to kind of, whether it's for studying for a test or getting something turned in like a paper, mm-hmm. what are some of your tips? Um, this is Joyce. One great tip that our dad always told us was just do the things you despise doing first. Mm-hmm. Just get it out the way and don't think about it. That helps a lot um, for accounting. And this may be true with all academics read everything. Yeah. We read those books from front to back. And I know it just sounds boring and terrible, but <laughs> And it was, but you'll get and it used was, to but it. you'll get used to it and you'll um, yeah. And then another thing that helped us was um studying together. Mm-hmm. We had the same major, but our brains, I, I promise you, they work so opposite. Mm-hmm. So we would arrive at the right answer in different ways and it just helped us understand everything better. So having mm-hmm. a like a partner, mm-hmm. a study buddy, just someone mm-hmm. in your same major, your same field. To help you better understand the material is always helpful. Mm-hmm. And just so you guys can motivate each other, keep right. each other on track. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about your first jobs and what you did specifically to get your foot in the door. Um, is this in the entertainment industry? This could be like your very, very first job ever. Oh, whoa. Oh, ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we start, we, I, I remember when we were would be 15. Mm-hmm. This is Deborah. When we were 15, we um, went to a training at McDonald's 
and we absolutely <laughs> hated it. I did we do one day or did we just do the training? I think we just did the training. I think we just did the training and then we quit. And then, <laughs> but, you know, in the summertime, we were like, we want to make money though. So I, I remember we did try Burger King and I think that lasted a month and then we quit. Yeah. And then after that, it was like uh, at a movie theater yeah. and that was really cool. And we did okay. that until the movie theater closed. <laughs> so um, that was pretty cool. Then uh, as far as college, we would um, intern a lot mm-hmm. um, for this, like state and government jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a good experience because it was just like the, um, the, the stability, the benefits. It, it gave you a good idea if you were confused like us mm-hmm. um, to see whether or not you want to pursue entertainment or if you want something that's going to be really stable and um, not have you question like where, where your life is going to be financially. Mm-hmm. So we have the option to be like, what, what way, what do I want to do with mm-hmm. my life? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're doing accounting at like state jobs or at CDC in, in Atlanta. So they, um, this is Deborah now they helped me see very early on that that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't like feeling like my life wasn't exciting. I, I, I honestly feel like you should be excited about everything you do. And um, when you get into that habit of getting in rush hour, sitting at a job, watching the clock, getting in rush hour, going home and having very little time left to enjoy yourself and then doing that over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I was like, although the entertainment industry is so hard and it's so many uncertainties and unanswered questions, I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I think Joyce kept her um, her nine to five a little bit longer than eventually she kind of acquiesced to and was like, "Okay, let's just do this. Let's just go for it. But, um, yeah, we were, we were conflicted for a long time mm-hmm. about which direction we wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> so heading into the entertainment industry was definitely your biggest career risk. Tell us about that transition and maybe how you got your foot in the door for the very first opportunity you two scored. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Joyce. Um, we were like in our younger years, when we were living in California, people would ask us often, do you want to, do you want to model or do you want to act? And we were so shy and we were so introverted and we would just always say no. <laughs> but then we relocated here to Atlanta. There was a modeling scout who asked the same thing and we just said, forget it. Let's just give it a try. And mm-hmm. it was something that we had no idea we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I think our first jobs were like a lot of makeup contracts, um, hair contracts on the hair boxes you see, Um, you know, sometimes extensions, just a lot of beauty products. Um, and then it kind of led to editorials and music videos. And from there we transitioned into, um, doing film work, independent Mm -hmm. films and commercials and stuff like that. Any tips for young women who are interested in getting into the modeling field? Like how can they prepare for an audition or stay calm? Mm -hmm. Uh, this is, this is Deborah. I would always say, Get an agent, get an agent, get an agent, get an agent. A lot of girls try to um, work in the entertainment industry without representation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's a, a total no-no. You always yeah. need someone who knows what's going on, know how much money you deserve, someone to speak for you, mm-hmm. someone to argue for you, someone to protect you, someone to know what's going to be on the set before they arrive. You just, you know, it's basically like when you're a kid and you, you need a parent. You need someone guiding you through this industri- industry because, um, Sometimes it's real normal and sometimes it's real abnormal. (laughs) So um, get an agent. And if you're having a hard time getting an agent, finding someone to represent you or believe in you, you might want to question whether or not that's something you should be doing. So, um, yeah, get an agent, um, practice a lot, always be professional. Mm -hmm. But um, with this 
this industry is so inconsistent. The only way you'll learn it better is just by doing it, by working, mm-hmm. sometimes working for free. But mm-hmm. yeah, you just have to get representation and then, um, and then practice a lot. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been some of your biggest challenges in your careers? Hmm. Um, this is Deborah. One of, um, the biggest challenges for us, well, first, like I said, we have that a type personality and then, and then you come on set and everything Mm -hmm. is hurry up and wait. This date changed, this location's different. So it was like a huge adjustment for us to just have everything structured and then have everything be all over the place and then be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Um, that was one. And then I think that, um, uh, I think for a lot of people, us included, just, um, understanding the importance of your brand mm-hmm. and then, um, getting a control, getting control over it and picking and choosing jobs that are in alignment with that so that people, you got, you have a, a clearly defined brand of who you are so that your jobs can be, be consistent with who you are. So when we first started out, we had no idea who we were or what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I felt like our, our first agent, um, accepted a lot of jobs for us that put us in that urban market. And now that we're older, we understand ourselves better. We're very commercial. We're very mainstream. So on one hand, I could feel like I wasted a lot of time or took a lot of wrong jobs. But the truth is the experience is what, what has molded us, what's made us so confident in knowing who we are right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you, um, it's, it's getting that brand and knowing what's right for you, but mm-hmm. you know, growing up is the only way you'll know who you are. <laughs> so it's, it's, there's no way you can you know, push the speed button on it and figure it out with a snap of a finger. It's just like you have to go through things that are good for you and some things that aren't good for you to arrive at that conclusion. Mm -hmm. So then the two of you, I don't know what, I'm trying to paint the picture. You guys are somewhere maybe sitting down, brainstorming. You're like, hey, we should write a book. We have a lot to share with people, right? (laughs) So maybe take us through the inspiration behind the book. Exactly the moment when you two said, you know what, this is a great idea. We should do this. Okay. Um, This is Joyce. No, I'll never forget the moment (laughs) because we had moved to Los Angeles, which we've known to do to follow work. And we were out there and we were auditioning three and four times a day, you know, every day hitting the pavement. And it was just for jobs that we didn't like, nothing that was career advancing. So we were just so burned out, exhausted from the hustle and bustle of being talent. Yeah. So then we, um, uh, luckily every, they start shooting everything in the Southeast mm-hmm. and in Atlanta, we we're like, awesome. We could be close to our family mm-hmm. and we can have more acting rejuvenate, rejuvenate and just get our, get our happy back. Mm-hmm. So, um, the book topics in the book are, are literally stuff we used to rant and rave about all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, things that are wrong with the black community, mm-hmm. things that, um, women should change. Mm-hmm. How we, how we see the mindset of women and young women changing in ways that are not so positive. Right. And then us knowing specifically what the solution was and which, what ways women are not being fed. Mm-hmm. So we were like, we've got to write this There's down. There's no way we can mm-hmm. keep complaining about all these issues and then not offer a solution mm-hmm. for young women. Mm-hmm. So we... Um, we uh, just started just started writing. Yeah. I, we, I, this is Deborah. I'd write by myself. Joyce would write by herself. We'd come together, mm-hmm. and then eventually we we're kind of putting all our all our notes together and realizing that it was basically we could narrow all the advice down in, into five topics. Mm-hmm. And then once we got our little outline going, we just we just kept writing, kept writing, kept writing. But we were just mm-hmm. kind of tired of um, uh, you know, being discontent with certain areas. If mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not going to pl- provide some sort of a solution, yeah, yeah. So the title, Keeping Your Crown, The Black Woman's Guide to Reclaiming Greatness. Who thought of that? 
Um, I did, Deborah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, um, just through the course of writing it, the name just it came to me very, very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, our parents raised us to have like so, so much self love and so much pride in being black and in being black women. Mm-hmm. I think I don't. A lot of you know, pe- parents don't instill those values mm-hmm. in their children. Yeah. Because we, as black people, are going to be met with so much opposition when we get out into this world. It's important for you to know your strength, mm-hmm. you know, despite mm-hmm. propaganda, mm-hmm. you know, racism, any of that stuff. It's mm-hmm. important for you to know your strength. So mm-hmm. we always knew that. And we're like, all young black women need to know this. Yeah. And our parents, like we said, they're from Mississippi. They remember. Yeah. You know, there are people who migrated, you know, to California or, you know, Chicago, Chicago and Sometimes they may not remember what they went through. Our parents, it was fresh on their minds and they were like, mm-hmm. this is something that you have to have as direction for your life. You're, you're black and your life is really important and the strides you make are so important because of where we've come from. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want that message to get lost with the youth either. Yeah. So the amount of like respect and adoration we have for black women, mm-hmm. that is so warranted. Yeah. We, are, we truly are queens. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. The strength that black women possess is unbelievable to me at times. Mm -hmm. And so we truly are Queens and we want to remind black women that, Mm -hmm. and then all the advice in the book will help, will help you lead Mm -hmm. to greatness by understanding and valuing yourself appropriately. Mm -hmm. Well, you launched the book in January, 2017, but how long did it take you to, to write it? About, it was slightly over a year Mm -hmm. to complete the manuscript. And then of course, you know, there's editing thereafter and, you know, mm-hmm. fine tuning. So, so probably a, year a, little, and a, half. a little over, yeah, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you give girls like a brief step-by-step on how in the world to publish a book? Because I think many of them are like, how, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. Well, now is a good time because publish, publishing housings are closing. You know, people aren't really writing those huge advance checks like they are unless you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. So you, there's like five, I believe, self-publishing agencies that really do just allow you to put your own work up there, move at your risk. You know, they're not going to check if you have errors, you just have to do all the work on your own and they'll publish it on, on their websites. Amazon does it, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple, a couple other companies and then you share your profits and the profit sharing is pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, it's pretty respectable. You will get more royalties than you would have from a publisher. Mm-hmm. But like we said, you, you're out, you have to do all the work all by the work yourself. Work. Like no yeah. one's going to help you, mm-hmm. you know, design your title, edit it. Mm-hmm. No one's going to help you promote it. No one's going to help you with a marketing plan or a book tour. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, advantages on both sides. You get more mm-hmm. royalty, but you're doing everything by mm-hmm. yourself. It's similar to the way the music business is now. You right. know? You're independent, but you do all the work. You invest in gotcha. yourself and then... You could make a lot of money or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what marketing strategies did you all use to promote your book? Um, it's just a cool time because of the internet <laughs> in general. <laughs> it's like great free marketing. I'm sure you know this with your business as well. Yes. But yeah. Social media helps. Facebook really helps um, finding, you know, book clubs and, and finding that niche. Mm-hmm. And then networking yeah. with, um, other black women mm-hmm. who have like self-care events or just really positive mm-hmm. um, speaking engagements or women, women's um, empowerment events, mm-hmm. you know, you, they'll collaborate with you and mm-hmm. allow you to bring your books and do signings. Mm-hmm. So um, the internet makes the world really small. Yeah. And so it's a lot easier for you to find people who have, have similar passions and help each other grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to be in the process of getting PR, mm-hmm. you know, just so we can like touch outlets that we haven't been able to touch just mm-hmm. using 
our online following. Okay. And what would you say has been the proudest moment for you two as sisters? Oh, well, seeing the cover of the book, the actual printed book was yeah. uh, groundbreaking for us. Yeah. And then uh, giving a copy to our mom and then she read the dedication. Right. And um, she, she always gets emotional when we compliment <laughs> her parenting. Her parenting. <laughs> um, it's, it's, she's very humble. So yeah. that was that was a nice moment for us for her to see that um, mm-hmm. her, her investment you know, didn't go to the wayside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while working in entertainment, how have you two been smart about money? Any tips that you can share? Mm -hmm. Um, This is Joyce. I think we've had smart moments and and not so smart moments. And I'm I'm happy to share them. (laughs) 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 I I would say this, we've noticed in our, in the entertainment industry, you know, business is up and down. Mm -hmm. But now that's generally how the economy is, even if you have a more corporate situation. I would always just say, say for a rainy day, live below your means, um, invest your money. Um, I've, I've, I've noticed people who've done things differently than us. I know we rented for a while when sometimes it's better to just lay low or stay with a friend or a family member and, and just purchase a home. I would say that, but definitely just, um, live well below your means. Right. When we were younger, um, in this industry, you don't work every day, but when you do work, you get big checks. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we would get the big check and be so excited Mm -hmm. and just, you know, be, you know, relaxed and just hanging out with your friends and going on trips. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's just important for people to understand if you don't know when that next check is going to come, then act like there isn't one, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, and then, um, uh, with the way that the entertainment industry is now, you do have to be self-motivated mm-hmm. and um, seek out opportunities for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the photographers um, or people will know will not just do photography. They'll, they'll teach seminars. They'll teach classes on editing. You have to um, be innovative, innovative and be an entrepreneur. Sometimes act as your own manager mm-hmm. and seek out ways to make um, money and not just waiting for a booking. So what has been maybe the best way and maybe one of the worst ways you two have invested in yourself over the years? Uh, one of the best ways uh, for sure is college and, and education is a great investment and it always will be. Um, I would definitely say now as we're building our, our new brand like and launching product, whether it be the book or, you know, beauty products, it's always great to, to merchandise and um, actually have live product that mm-hmm. you can have ownership of something. Yeah. I think that's the best thing we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, one of the worst things was uh, two of them. I guess I touched on them. One was um, just letting someone manage you and not necessarily having a vision mm-hmm. for where mm-hmm. you see your career. And then the other thing is, is solely relying on just being talent or solely relying on one source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be successful. So you have to, you know, have a vision for yourself and you got, you got to branch out, but Mm -hmm. having ownership is so good. And then our education, um, whether or not we ended up doing that full time, the professionalism, Mm -hmm. the, uh, discipline, all those things you get from, from college will help you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And at some point, if you want to work by yourself, I just, I can't, I can't undervalue Mm-hmm. the resources that um, graduated gave us enough. I can't. Well, let's dive into your morning and nighttime routines. What are some things that oh. you do at the start of the day and at the end of the day that, you know, just help you have a mm-hmm. successful 24 hours? Right. 
Um, I would say in terms of beauty regimen, we moisturize like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Our friends say we're just, we're greasy, but we love (laughs) vitamin E, um, you know, in addition to drinking water and, and the smoothies, the things we put in our body and our vitamins, but we love vitamin E. This sounds so black, but cocoa butter Vaseline is amazing <laughs> for your skin tone. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and, and I mean, in addition to like, you know, the external things, mm-hmm. we've been meditating almost a year now. Mm-hmm. So 20, 20 minutes in the morning, we'll wake up and meditate. Mm-hmm. It really has um, it just, just changed my, my outlook on everything. Mm-hmm. And it just made me the kind of person that has more patience to deal with things. Mm-hmm. Things that would may have frustrated me in the past, I think, are hilarious. Mm-hmm. So meditation is important. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, like on Mondays after a weekend of drinking lemon water, hot lemon water is amazing. Mm-hmm. And we love, love, love tea. Yeah, we, we drink tea all day. <laughs> I love green tea. I love ginger tea. I love um oolong tea we just love tea so much Mm -hmm. and then then at nighttime is yeah the heavy moisturizing Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) well were you always heavy moisturizers or was it like at a certain age where you're like you know what i'm tired of being ashy let me (laughs) (laughs) no we have naturally dry skin yeah Yeah. that's our skin type it's Mm -hmm. yeah it just it gets dry so we've always been into just drinking water all day long and moisturizing you know, well, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my daughters on this wave. That's why I'm asking because they're young, they're like seven and nine, and I'm trying to get them to like moisturize heavy, and they're just like, eh, I just kind of like getting out the shower and like being pretty. Yeah, no, our mom, our mom would do it. She would lather us. She'd be like, come I here. Think we, we had eczema, and then at one point, we'd be stationed in Fort Orange, California. It was a mm-hmm. desert. So mm-hmm. drinking water and moisturizing, like you just really ha- didn't have a choice. And mm-hmm. then it just became a habit. Right. Okay. Just living in that mm-hmm. harsh environment. <laughs> <laughs> well, what apps or tools or websites do you all use to manage your personal and your professional life? Um, I, I started using, this is Deborah, uh, my, my FitPal or my FitnessPal. I, I love doing that, the calorie counting. And then you could track how much water you drink. You put all your, your workouts in there, the days that you do work out. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me make adjustments because um, we um, love wine. We used to be heavy wine drinkers. And then I started working out more. I would see how many calories I was burning in my workout. I would see how many calories I was drinking. I was like, okay, that doesn't make sense. So it helps you, like whatever your vice is, it helps you physically see a number. That'll help you offset it and be like, okay, that's going to have to be a lifestyle change. So I love, I love that app. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I use the same one now. Yeah, yeah it's always uses the same one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you have any other than your book? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other favorite books? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, we both we both just finished um, the, uh, Michael A. Singer, The Untethered Soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that from I think one of the meditation series, one of Oprah's meditation series. She quoted from his book. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm co- constantly looking for Oprah to see what to read next. Mm-hmm. Of course we love Michael Eric Dyson Tears. We cannot stop. We just read read that. Mm-hmm. A lot of um you know really conscious books. Michelle um, Alexander, uh the new Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. It's depressing, but it's it's you gotta know your history. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and then, um, We're in spiritual books. We love Eckhart Tolle, uh The Power of Now and the New Earth. Those are must-reads for, for yeah everyone who just wants to find peace and understand mm-hmm. happiness. Yeah, all, okay. all of his stuff is amazing. <laughs> and what are your exercise habits? How often do you ladies break a sweat? Um, we 
we love working out. Yeah. And, and this is so funny because it depends on <laughs> our hair. Our hair. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay. And we, we'll get into that too. Okay. Right. So like we, uh, we just washed our hair, we'll do weights, you know, and, and light walking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if the, the hair is done and it's, you know, time to put it in a bun, then we'll do heavy cardio. We love the five ellipticals. Yeah. We'll do that five times a week. We love mm-hmm. the elliptical. Mm-hmm. We like um, uh, sprint intervals. We like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, I, we love cardio. So it just depends on what condition our hair is in. <laughs> and then, you know, as we're getting older, we're incorporating more and more weights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So say if you had a sweaty workout mm-hmm. and you have somewhere to go after, what are your tricks for making your hair look decent? Well, we're bun girls. So we yeah. love bun life. Okay. So we have a lot of products we use. Um, we like soft and beautiful. They have like a hair conditioner, leave-in conditioner. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's this new company, but I think it's just called Edges. <laughs> okay. And you can use that and it'll slick, you know, your edges down and, and the back. And it'll just give it a really nice, clean looking bun. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we'll just do uh, you know, a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me more about Edges because now I'm intrigued. Okay. So mm-hmm. is it like, like, is it more like a gel or is it more of a waxy it, it kind of? It's the consistency of a gel, but, but it's, it's soft it's lighter, yeah. and flexible. Yeah. Like, like it won't yeah. stay in. Like you mm-hmm. put it in, and then like, the next day, it's like you never used it. It absorbs. So it absorbs. Mm-hmm. It really. It's really soft. It's mm-hmm. not like it's crusty or hard or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I need that. Yeah, I have we, to check that out. We found it at Bronner Brothers. I guess they gave us samples. They and gave now. us a free sample. And that was now we're awesome. addicted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna look that up. Um, all right, great. Okay, so when you're in a group fitness class, um, where do you stand? The front, the middle, or the back? Uh, well, to be honest, like we don't, I don't, I haven't been at a lot of uh, group fitness mm. classes. This is Deborah. Uh, yeah, not that often. We're um, we're so we're so serious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we we normally like work out alone or we'll work mm. out together. But if I were to take a group class, I would probably get in the back. I was, okay. And then Joyce, I was going to say I'd be in the front. <laughs> and that's interesting to hear the difference in that. So um, that speaks volumes about the two of you for sure. Okay. What's always in your gym bag? Let's see. Uh, like water, of course. Water. Um, a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to uh, tie our hair back. And then, um, of course, your, you know, gym rag, your towel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, And I don't listen to a lot of music when I work out surprisingly, but, um, yeah, most people do. I'll probably start, but mm-hmm. I think it's because we chat, like we're workout That's buddies true. and we do talk a lot. <laughs> talk the whole time if we can. <laughs> you two are officially sweat sisters, um, for sure. <laughs> okay. So what are some meals um, that you eat before workout and maybe what you eat after? Uh, before mm-hmm. our, we'll, we'll always do our smoothie and then we'll do nuts, like some mm-hmm. kind of, you know, protein, but mm-hmm. we were realizing, you know, I can't, it's hard for me to do it like a heavy meal and then I have to wait too long and I have stuff to do. So I just get a smoothie and nuts real quick and then we'll work mm-hmm. out. And then after that, um, protein, protein. chicken or fish, mm-hmm. uh, okay. some kind of lean brown protein, rice. vegetables, brown rice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what tips can you give young women out there who are just like, oh, it's just too expensive to eat healthy. Um, I can't do it. Um, it is expensive. <laughs> I, I would just, I would say this, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're cooking at home, That's true. Mm-hmm. eventually it's going to be cheaper anyway. Right. Yeah. Like the amount of food that we're buying for our smoothies, that's going to last an entire week. Or when we freeze our, our fruits, mm-hmm. it's going to last for two weeks. Eating out is you're going to lose money in that anyway. 
Um, you can't put a price on health and it's really not that expensive. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not unaffordable. I would just say eat at home more though. Yeah. If it's starting to be, you know, excessive meal prep smoothies, but eat at home. Don't then, eat out. Yeah. Even it's, I know that it is difficult to try to find organic options. If you mm-hmm. go to a Whole Foods, it really, really is ex- expensive, but then they do try have farmer's market. Try, farmer's markets are mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything's fresh and organic and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Then they have a lot of those companies. I can't think of the name of one off the top of my head where they'll bring you a crate. You just pay every month mm-hmm. and whatever is in season and local, they'll just bring you a bunch of fruits and vegetables and mm-hmm. produce. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I hear though, that's really affordable. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of ways if you're committed to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, when do you want to treat yourself? Which restaurant do you two go to? Mm. There's a, there's a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's this um, place in Atlanta called a uh, two urban licks and I love their salmon chips. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite things. Um, it, I feel like sometimes eating out in general is a luxury because mm-hmm. you, um, even if you think you're ordering something healthy, like some, like I'm going to have salmon and vegetables. You have no idea how much butter they put in right. <laughs> so to make it taste that way. So I feel like almost anytime I eat out, it's, it's a luxury, mm-hmm. but, um, but we, we still like the, the companies that offer, you know, whole wheat, like, Figo, for instance, is a huge pasta place and it's fresh pasta, but they will give you whole wheat or like Yale Burger. They'll give you Mm -hmm. whole wheat buns and turkey buns. We still like the companies that have the substitutes Mm -hmm. that we would like to do at home anyway. Yeah. If we get like pizza with whole wheat crust, Mm -hmm. like that makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So since Pretty Girl Sweat, which deodorant brand do you use? We like Arm & Hammer. Yeah. Arm and Ham and they just they just changed their um ingredients to make um this like it's like a more natural deodorant because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I guess safer. It's just, supposed to be safer, but um mm-hmm. Arm and Hammer. Yeah. Cuz it's strong, but it's it's supposed to be safe now. <laughs> <laughs> and and what do the words pretty girl sweat mean to you too? Wow. Well, I'm going to compliment you on your brand first. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you. It is phenomenal and it's clear. And I think it's exactly what it means. Being beautiful is being healthy. Mm-hmm. Being beautiful mm-hmm. is um, taking care of yourself and mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. I love myself enough to do the work and yeah. I'm worth it. So mm-hmm. that's. Yeah. And being beautiful is strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not worrying about going into old age and being bent in half or, you know, needing assistance. That's what self-care is, and, and that is beautiful. So pretty girls do sweat, for sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, what's next for the Glenn Twins? So we um, launched a cosmetics company. Yay. And um, we actually launched it last year, but we were still trying to find suppliers and stuff. So we've, we've narrowed it down to the products we like. It's mm-hmm. funny. We're um, shooting our campaigns and commercials this week. Mm-hmm. So it's called uh, Mirror Image Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And we do lashes, highlights, bronzer kits, um, and lipsticks, and mm-hmm. it'll grow over time. But mm-hmm. man, we just, we could not wait to be entrepreneurs in the beauty industry because it's something mm-hmm. we've loved for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you guys can look out for mm-hmm. that. And it's the makeup we're wearing like on our Instagram mm-hmm. for the past year. So if you like the color options or the highlighters, they'll definitely be available soon. Ah, uh, well, yes, it looks beautiful. And I also love the name, Mirror Image. I mean, that's 
pretty dope. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And we're excited. I can't wait to like buy some products and give it a try. Yeah, we'll send you, we'll send you a package for sure. Oh, thanks. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed hearing your story and I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it as much as I did. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. We really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having us. Well, that's Joyce and Deborah Glenn, a.k.a. the Glenn Twins. Be sure to follow them across all social media platforms at Glenn Twins and visit their website, glentwins.com. If you're into beauty and makeup just as much as we are, check out their new beauty website, mirrorimagecosmetics.com. Join us on Saturday, September 15th for the second annual Pretty Girl Sweat Fest Atlanta. Grab your squad for the ultimate Sweat Sisterhood Fitness Festival with 700 women, seven fun workouts, seven Sweat Liberty honorees, seven incredible captains, and so much more. With heart-pumping workouts coupled with the dopest female DJs, you'll get a first-class ticket to your favorite fitness trends and hit songs. When you're not sweating it out, you can refresh and refuel at our hydration stations, Savor Garden filled with deliciously healthy food trucks, beauty bar, and complimentary swag. Early bird tickets are still on sale to July 15th, so grab yours before they're gone. Just one more thing before you take off. Do you want to get a short email from Pretty Girl Sweat every Monday and Friday that serves as a daily dose of all things inspiring and allows you priority access to our upcoming events? Just go to prettygirlsweat.com. That's Pretty Girls with an S, sweat.com. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. And if you sign up, you'll soon discover that there's no hood like sisterhood. Until next time, always remember that good things come to those who sweat.